Hello and welcome to the Round 20 review on the Doctor Supercoach podcast. I'm joined this week again by Harry. Harry, how are you, mate? Good, thanks, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Had a bit of a up-and-down weekend. Uh, how'd you score? Uh, this week, uh, coming from last week's 2,600 uh, all the way down to 2,304 points. Um, and I went down 382 ranks to 12,000. How about yourself? Bit of a fall from grace, Harry. You were so up and about last week, and now you're a bit down in the dumps. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Captain Choice, let me down. You'll bounce back, you'll bounce back. Um, I scored 22.84, but did so with a donor and won um, all my important semis. So, um, yeah, my Captain Choice went well. I took the Dustin Martin VC, having seen what Danger did last time against the Bombers, and just, you know, rolled with that, played it safe, and... Um, was lucky enough to get the win in most of my leagues, but dropped down a little bit into the uh, just over the 10,000 mark now. So I've been hovering around that all year, and it's uh, getting a little bit frustrating. So this week, we're going to jump straight into the Facebook questions. No team review this week because, you know, getting into the finals time, that intimate time where we need to really focus on real specific issues. Hopefully the uh, questions that we answer cover what a lot of people are trying to think themselves and we'll slot into this first one straight away james stelzer i have the buy this week but think it might be time to give petrarca the flick who's on his field i have three trades left 120k thinking of going to dow house blah 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 blah, blah. um james in your position i'll pass on to harry in a second get his opinion but if you've got three trades left you've got the buy this week I wouldn't be trading anyone. It doesn't matter what you score this week. There could, I mean, we all know how Supercoach is. There could be two restings next week or two injuries this week that affect you next week. So really, really just, I'd hold my trades. You've got the buy this week. This is what you work so hard for that buy for. And so you can hold your trades and get primed for a, a big prelim or grand final assault. What are your thoughts, Harry? I completely agree, Jordan. Um, in your situation, mate, I think with the buy, definitely hold your trades. And just in case a general soreness or an injury pops up, you can always cover. Um, that'll give you a huge advantage come uh, prelim and grand final time. And if you, especially if you have one of those players like a Gibson um, or someone like that who might get rested, um, definitely... You should hold your trades. Yeah, and I mean, a bit of a situational here, but um, say two people get injured during the week, your opposition doesn't have any trades, and you've just used two of your only three to upgrade Petrarca, who, I mean, he'll be fit and playing in two weeks' time. There's just really no point. And if it gets to two weeks' time and you're in the prelim, no one's been injured, all of that stuff, then by all means, use a trade to get rid of Petrarca and... Um, upgrading somewhere um, and then just maybe save one or two for the grand final for um, any injuries. So grand final is in round 23 this year, so we don't get that extra week where every team was resting um, this time last year. So just keep that in mind. Those trades trades could come in handy, that's for sure. Um, next question is by Nicholas Kemp, and it's about Ruggles. Um, is he going to get back into the side and why was he dropped for the first week in the first place? Uh, you're a Geelong fan, Harry, so I'm just going to uh, defer to you for this one, mate. No worries. 
Um, from my point of view, I think what Chris Scott's trying to do is to trial and error a few different structures, especially defensively, um, to see how we can maximise our efficiency and transition from defence to attack. So I think he's just been sent out of the team because we have a few easy games um, coming up to trial a few things out. And it's his first full season, so I think he's getting a bit tired this stage of the season as well, and he's a great asset for us. So I think half rest, half trial and error to see how we should structure ourselves defensively um, come the finals. So I think that's the reason why he was omitted or dropped or rested, whatever you want to take, take it as you will. But um, I don't, uh, I'm not 100% sure that he'll be brought back this week, but he's a chance. Um, yeah, really can't tell. Yeah, it's a bit of a tough one. I mean, coaches just do um, crazy things and probably for perfectly logical reasons, but um, reasons that we can't see from the outside looking in. So you're just going to have to cross your fingers and hope that he gets up for this week. And moving on to Joshua, uh, this is a strange pronunciation, but I'm going to say Farugia, 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 yeah, okay, we'll go with that. Um, not a master of pronunciation, but his question is thinking of downgrading Matheson to Rupert Wills, and then with the remaining cash, what do you believe is more important, upgrading to Enright in the back line, Goldstein in the ruck, or Lynch? in the forward line. Um, very difficult to answer these questions without knowing who you're actually upgrading. So for the sake of it, let's just assume that you're upgrading all players that average the same um, numbers, which I'm not sure how that would work considering you're upgrading a Ruckman, but who would you prioritise out of Enright, Goldstein and Tom Lynch, I assume he's talking about from Gold Coast. Uh, Harry? I... This is pretty hard, as you said, um, because we don't know which rock men you have. Um, it might be someone uh, a smoky like a Tom Hickey or like a Steph Martin. Um, so in that ca- in that case, I think you should go Goldstein because you got the reassurance of Goldie and North is in a dogfight for the for a spate, uh, uh, slot in the finals. So they should come out uh, all guns blazing. Uh, but if you have someone like a Nick Nat or someone you want to up upgrade in quotation marks then I would hold. Um, and Corey Enright had an amazing game last week and you can't really look for him to score 140s every week. Um, I think he'll probably average around the hundreds to end the season. And if you have one of those 300k or like a rookie down back, then by all means go and upgrade to a premium. And really depends on your situation, mate. And without the looking at your team, we can't really make a black and white decision, but yeah, but sound the sound of um you don't having not having Goldstein, I probably go for Goldie. Yeah, I have two thoughts at the moment. Thought number one is uh, of the three, you could almost guarantee Goldstein will play because of like you said North North's position. Um, unless they win this week or Port lose this week or someone like Saint Kilda lose. Um, in which case, if they sew up that final spot, then you'd think that he may get rested. And right, I don't think there's any chance he escapes the rest in the last few weeks, especially, I mean, I know Geelong need to get up, but they have soldiers that could um, slot into his spot. Not as well, but it's not going to cost them games if he misses um, one game due to rest. So 
Um, even though they have that week off between 23 and the first final, I reckon he definitely sees a game off, which leads me to Tom Lynch, the player that is... I mean, I don't want to say they're going out of their way to get this guy a Coleman medal, but um, why wouldn't you, really? He's been a servant to that club, and if I wouldn't be surprised if they fed him the ball more than they usually have or have ever. And I reckon Tom Lynch is going to absolutely storm home with some big scores. And I've got him myself as a POD, so it might seem a little bit biased, but he's just been on fire for the last two months, and I reckon he'll carry it through to the end of the season. And no chance he gets rested, because they've got three games left. He's a captain out there on the field, and um, just why? Why would you rest him when he's still so young? So Very true. Very I, reckon, true. I reckon Lynch is the safest option, and possibly even... The um the potentially higher scoring option, but Goldstein is another safe option who can um go massive. So it's between those two for me. Unfortunately, and right Kuda get that rest, so that kind of rules him out for me. And then on to the next question is Lawrence Etel is his uh, name, and his question is two trades left, through to the prelims with Pendlebury the only worry. At this stage, is it worth double trading to get Petrarca off the... It's like the same question that we received earlier. you just got to hold your trades. You've got two left. Um, you're already three to the prelims, so hold your trades this week. Uh, there's so many players that could get injured or rested in that prelim. I mean, Bulldogs versus um, Essendon in that prelim final. If you've got Boyd, if you've got Bonds and Pelly, even if you've got some of these players... I'd be very concerned about them being rested in that game against Essendon, which falls on the prelim final. So definitely hold your trades. And, I mean, we just got to really draw that in, don't we, Harry? Yes, for sure. I think it is, it's pivotal to have those trades come the last two and the most two most crucial games of the season for our Supercoach seasons. And you've just got to hold them. Not, not, enough said, you've just got to hold them. Yeah, definitely. Um Next question is three trades left with no injuries this week. Should we look at using one trade a week to upgrade an underperforming premium or just hold? Um, without knowing if you're in a semi uh, in a elimination or not, I'd say if you're in the elimination, then I'd, I'll probably trade to just stay in, like whatever that means. If you need to neutralize a player of your opponents or you need to get rid of someone that's slightly underperforming to get the edge up or whatever it is. Um, and if you are in the prelim, then like the other couple of questions, I'd just hold. Um, what are your thoughts, Harry? Would you use trades if you're in an elimination? Depends on how... Have, firstly, have a look at your opponent's team and look at look at the uh, PODs. And if you think one of them might have a smoky or one of them you just have to match because they might kill you... Um, by all means, because this is elimination after all, do all, uh, do all die. So I would, if it was an elimination game, I would use one or two trades depending on the situation. And yeah, if just you're, stay alive at all costs. Um, yep, and if you're in a prelim, obviously, like we've just said, um, hold your trades. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a, a pretty simple one. You just really got to... Hold back that itchy finger and um, just, just really hold on um, to those trades because they can be as good as gold in those last couple of weeks. Now, we've got a bit of a detailed question here by Alex Rowland. He's asked, can you please make a list of all the teams that tag 
And name one player from every club who is most likely to get tagged when they come up against the tagging teams. So we here at Dr. Supercoach have done our research and we have compiled a list of um, teams that have or do tag on a regular basis and teams that don't tag um, ever from what we've seen in the uh, previous um, season or even two. So quickly to rattle off the teams that don't tag, in our opinion, Western Bulldogs, Hawthorne, St Kilda, Essendon and Gold Coast haven't tended to tag at all this season. Um, And we're talking about mostly midfield tags. If someone sits on like a defender or someone sits on a full pocket, I mean... It's kind of unnoticeable, and it happens like once or twice a season, and we're not really going to um, draw heaps of attention to it and say that they tag. Um, so now we've got the list of teams that do tag, and I'm going to quickly run through it. So Collingwood generally tag with Levi Greenwood, Brisbane with Mitch Robinson, Carlton with Kerno or Simon White, North Melbourne with Jamont, GWS with Canigula, who sort of does run with, but accumulates the pill at his own accord as well. West Coast used Mark Hutchings. Sydney used Tom Mitchell. Um, that's if they decide to tag. So he tags probably once every month, uh, if that, wouldn't you say, Harry? Tom Mitchell? Yep, depends on who they're coming up against. And Tom Mitchell is a really nitty-gritty player and he can really have a big effect on big games to shut down the opposition star player, like a Sam Mitchell or someone like that. So depends on who they're playing. He can definitely... Uh, take the role of tagger. Yeah, it's very week to week for Sydney. Um, Port Adelaide, when Kane Mitchell plays, he's their number one, but Ebert can do run withs as well. Melbourne generally use Viney, who sort of run withs, but uh, goes for the pill a lot more than normal taggers would. Richmond would use Greek or Taylor Hunt. Geelong, now that they've included Scott Selwood into the team, may very well use him as a tagger. Um, especially leading into these uh, last few rounds, just even as an experimental thing. So um, you can look for them to tag in the last few rounds. Frio, before um, before Subin, it was Barlow, and then he got injured, and now it's more Subin than anything. And Adelaide used Matt Crouch as a run with um, occasionally. Very, very unlikely that they do. Time to take a breath. Um, and now we're going to go through the top two players from each club that are probably in danger of copying the tag. Um, all right, so we've got Western Bulldogs with Bonsampelli being the number one and McRae number two. McRae's injured, so um, just to throw anyone out there, someone could try to sit on Dowhouse, but I dare say Bont's the uh, main target there. Um, Collingwood with Sidebottom and Trelaw being their most, um, I want to say clinical, most damaging. I know Penabry's huge for the team, obviously, but he's just, he's just untaggable. He... Um, he accumulates 30 with the tag hanging off him, so there's no point they go to sideline and watch and try to neutralize them. Um, Brisbane have Daniel Rich as their number one tagged option, and then a toss-up between who's having a better game out of Rockcliffe and Hanley. Carlton have uh, Cripps and Gibbs uh, both tied at number one. They generally cop it, one of those two. Hawthorne have Sam Mitchell as their number one. Uh, Jordan Lewis sometimes cops a tag. Jesus, this is taking a while. This is a long question, Alex Rowland. I hope you're listening. Um, for North Melbourne, Daniel Wells gets sat on a couple of times. Dow Santo would be next. GWS have Dylan Shield, Callum Ward, and disclaimer here is that Shaw gets the tag quite often, so a um, bit of a backline tag. West Coast have Gaff and Shuey. 
St Kilda have Stephen and Montagna. Sydney have Hanbury and Parker. Port have Gray, Boak. Melbourne have Nathan Jones, Bernie Vince. Essendon have Zaharakis or Zaharakis. Um, yeah, he's he's such an unlucky bloke. He cops it every single week, but every single week, <laughs> it's, it's always gotten to the stage where it's, you feel bad, but it's just funny. Like, he just gets tagged so often, um, almost more than um, Daniel Rich, I'd say. Which is uh that's a, a yeah, feat in one, itself. Number one tag player in the comp for sure. Yeah, <laughs> poor poor bugger. Um, Gold Coast, you'd go to Prestia or Hall if anybody. Uh, Richmond would be Cochin and Dusty. Geelong, Selwood or Motlop. I reckon Motlop's pretty influential and Dangerfield is just untaggable. Um, Fremantle, you go to Lockie Neal or even Hill to block his outside run. And finally, you go to Adelaide, Sloan or whoever is the hottest if it's not Sloan. Oh, all right. That's um. Did you... That was a long question, huh? I know, I know. I think we've already uh, knocked off the half an hour of the pod in that one question alone. Um, did you want to highlight anything in that, uh, Harry? Maybe most dangerous player to own in the next couple of weeks, or um, did you want to put your stamp on anything that we just spoke about in regards to taggers? Um, in my opinion, tagging really is an up and down thing. Except for Z- when it comes to Zahara, because he just doesn't do well with tag. Um, so I don't think you should worry that much about taggers and who gets tagged. It's about the opposition they play and what kind of game style they play. So, um, James, was it James? Alex, Alex, nice. Alex. So I think if you don't fret too much about the tag, think about your opposition and how they might do their trades and if they do have any left and think about those things in the tag. But in that, um, yeah. It's kind of a hard one to manage. You can't really look into a game and go, oh, no, um, Collingwood have Greenwood and I've got, um, I don't know, Tom Rockcliffe and he's going to get tagged and he's going to score five. And like You can't really worry about it. It's really out of your hands. Some teams don't even tag at all, like 90% of the time. Like Sydney, um, Port don't really have a run with player all the time. Geelong are only just implementing it if they even are going to do it. And... Like Adelaide never do it either, but I've got a tagger there. So um, don't look too much into it, but just um, just more have a look at what that player sort of averages against those teams, regardless of whether they're being tagged or not. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a tough one, but I do understand why people are sort of looking at it and um, getting a bit worried, especially if they're trading someone in that has um, a tagging team in the grand final per se. So... Um, Anyway, I'm glad to have gotten through that question and we'll move past it. Now, someone is, my question is, this is Paul Paztizzi. Paztizzi, oh geez, I'm terrible with pronunciation. <laughs> I should practice this before the podcast. I don't really know what I do before the podcast. Paztizzi? Maybe Paztizzi? Yeah, Patsizzi, we'll like go that. with that, we'll go with that. Um, my question is, how bad is it, Doc? How long do I have? Ranked at 5.6K, is it time to shift my focus to 2017? Put some names in my little back book. Um, I reckon for... Uh, you uh, you sort of asked this question like about the little back book in a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, but I reckon everybody should really have half an eye on 2017. I mean, there's only like maybe 20 people that can win the 50K, and... I mean, you've got to focus on your league finals, but that really only takes up maybe 20 minutes of your whole entire week. 
put some thought into players that you can look at next year, like Bontempelli or um, some of these really up and coming, like Jack Viney, and um, really just try and remember um, the season that was and what sort of players you're going to look towards next season. Um, my big concern with Paul is he's got no trades left and 270, 207k in the kitty. How does that happen? How do you f- complete your trading and just have 207k sitting there? That is amazing. I don't I don't know how he's done that. And um, his team actually looks all right. So he's got Shield, Deladio, and Aaron Hall who are all expected back either this week or the week after. So, I mean, yeah, uh, he really should be fine. Um, keep your head up poorly. But, yeah, everyone should be looking towards the next season, that's for sure. Um have you already got half an eye on 2017, Harry? Yeah, mate. Ranking just outside the 10K, definitely looking towards next season. <laughs> but a big a big thing that I've caught on this season and for the next few seasons to come is clubs dishing out news of players' injuries. Like a big example, Dalhouse. They said his injury was going to be three to four weeks and everyone was like, that's the time period where you either trade or hold and there's no gray line. You just have to put your mindset onto one and stick with it. And the, the, those who went with hold um, got absolutely done by the dogs and he was out for an extended period of time and that could really have cost you with one of your big forward premiums going down for that extended period of time. So what my thinking is from now on, probably two to three weeks, I think it's the the dynamics change for injured players from three to four to two to three weeks thinking about the trade and not wasting your trade, but definitely making sure that you have a lot of like um, enough primos on the field to actually ensure that scoring potential other than just having a rookie in there. So definitely a thing to look look, um, forward to for next season. Well, one that springs to mind for me is players that copped to zero or um, only fielded uh, a, a very ordinary player when Deledio was first out injured with the calf. And um, at yep. first, they, he was 50-50 for the Hawks game. Then he was 80-20, he was going to actually play. And then he just didn't make it the fitness test. And then they all but ruled him out yep. for the season. And it's like, well, we just copped that week where we, we had a rookie on the field or a zero on the field. And we're going to have yep. to trade him anyway. So why don't you just tell us that a week before and we could have got 100 points on the field. So you're right. Teams are very, very, um, I wouldn't say dodgy, but they're very optimistic on their return frames. And I mean, you really just got to understand that. And I mean, a massive learning point for me this year was just trades. I'd, I blew through trades so quickly. And I mean, every year you think, all right, well, surely it won't be like last year. Surely everyone won't get injured, but they do. It's not like um, this unlucky thing that happens. It actually happens every year since Supercoach was existed. So um, you really need to hold those trades no matter what and just be really, really stingy with it. Um, And yeah, that's just been a massive learning curve for me this year. And although I'm still alive in all my leagues, I rank around the the 9,000 mark. It's just, you know, you see, you always notice things you need to improve on, and that's a big one of mine. So um, not trusting teams and uh, holding your trades are two big ones. So um, beyond, sure. beyond that, we will look at the next question. Um, Mitchell Lay, who directly ignored my comment saying don't ask about injuries, 
has asked what the chances are of Robbie Gray and Penderbury playing next week. So Penderbury said earlier that he was likely. It was only a sprain and nothing, um, no break, no uh, ligament damage, nothing like that. So um, he's considered himself as likely. Robbie Gray is a bit of a strange one because he did look sore on the weekend and he looked like he shouldn't have been out there, but he actually he looked like he kind of got better as the game went along. And as a Port fan, personally, I would be shocked if he did not play this week. So um, I would almost lock him in. So nothing really to worry about there, Mitch, um, except maybe Pendles, who um, always, those players always say, Oh yeah, you know, we're feeling good at this week, we'll just do training, have a fitness test and probably play, and then they end up not playing. So definitely be wary of that, Pendles owners, but otherwise nothing really concerning there. Um we'll move on to the second to last tray uh trade. Second to last question. Um that's by Sci-Fi. I'm gonna call him Sci-Fi because the F is capital, otherwise we'll call him Sifi or Sifi. But yeah, Sci-Fi Blanche has asked Sloan or Selwood, who would you pick and why? Thanks. And then he signed off with Sci-Fi. That's kind of cute. Um, so I've written down a couple of stats here, Harry, and the blindly obvious one to me is Selwood because he averages uh, 102 against Richmond, 121 against Brisbane, and 115 against Melbourne. He has two games at the G where it averages 105. One game at Skilled Stadium, which he averages 116, and they are just huge numbers. Like they are ridiculous. So um, he'd be the one that I'd expect to storm home. The only thing that worries me, and you might be able to shed a little light onto this, but at the start of the season, he didn't expect to be playing 23, 22, 21, 20 games. So um, has something changed, or is he due for a rest towards the end? I think uh, Selwood's a kind of leader that doesn't really think think about what's good for him. He thinks about what's good for the team. And right now, with the top five being so close together and every single percentage number counts, I think he will be selfless and always do the best for his team. So he's definitely top two best midfielders in that Geelong side. And... With him, they definitely will play better as a whole team. So I think he will play all three games and he will score very well because he's just that selfless player who gives it 110% every single game whenever the team needs it. So, yeah, as you said, um, Selwood would definitely be the more obvious option here than Sloan. Question, though, before you jump off Selwood, um, you've got Brisbane in the next round after this one coming up. If you're um, Brad Scott, Selwood has a bit of a niggle injury. Um, you don't need him. He isn't crucial to your team to beat Brisbane. I mean, you could, you could beat him, beat them by 150 points with your eyes closed. So is there any chance at all that he cops? I mean, he's surely he's potentially rested and something like that. Yeah, just to correct you there, Chris Scott, not Brad. <laughs> I always get um, that wrong, but yeah, continue. <laughs> yeah. They do look. They do look very similar. Um, <laughs> well, but, <the> um, <laughs> yeah, just stating the obvious. Um, I think he. There is definitely there is a chance. There is a slight chance that he might be rested to freshen up for the final series. 
Um, but then again, I think he will play throughout those three games. That's just my personal opinion. And um, just w- looking at what Geelong's done in the past few years, uh, they've definitely played their players. Doesn't matter what stage of the year. Doesn't matter. They're always bringing out their um, the best team. What they think is their best team. So yeah. and they need that second chance. Sorry? They need that second chance. It's pivotal. So, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So, I think it's an eighty twenty chance of him playing all three games. And yeah, that's, that's my thoughts. Fair enough. I, I like your thinking. I thought I'd just grill you for a bit, being the uh, uh, Geelong supporter that you are. I can't really ask anyone else those questions. So, um, good yeah. insight. Good insight. So, Selwood play uh, owner should definitely feel a little bit more comfortable and um, he is my pick for this comparison but just to go through Sloan's numbers Sloan averages pretty well against Fremantle so 105 at Domain Stadium and 111 against Fremantle themselves so um, they're both ticks then he has Port and West Coast both at Adelaide Oval and he averages 119 there and um Port being 100 average on the dot, West Coast being 104. So even though he's averaging very, very good numbers against all those teams and at the remaining stadiums that he'll be at, I mean, Selwood's numbers are just off the wall there. They're absolutely bananas. So I just don't think you can look past him. If it was Sloan versus any other midfielder, then I'd almost choose Sloan. But um, Selwood probably just has the water on him just out of these two. Would you think similarly? Yes, yes, they're both, you can't really go wrong with both, but you're looking for that edge, and Geelong will be needing every single percentage in the next three games, and they're all arguably against okay opposition, bottom half of the latter opposition, so I think we'll have to go go all guns blazing to get that percentage, and so it will be a pivotal part of that group yeah. that takes us to hopefully top spot, that's yeah. where Hawthorne can. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, well, good good luck, but yeah, they did against Melbourne, so um, yeah, well, you can't rule anything out, can you, in this competition? So um, yeah, that'll uh, pretty much do us. I'll quickly fly through this last question by Timmy James. I'm out of the finals race, just trying to move up a couple of spots, maybe snag the weekly prize. I've got 156k with one trade left, nearly full premium team, except for Collins, Betts, Hickey. Who should I look at trading? Pretty obvious in this one. Get Collins out of your team. Upgrade him um, to anyone that you can. Uh, Betts could kick a bag. He's got Frio this week, Port, and then West Coast. So um, not super easy competition, but easy enough for him to be able to do something special. And Tom Hickey's really, he's been a shining light for St. Kilda this year, even though they've had a good season. And um, he's shown that he can have monster scores. Collins, however has done it once, so I'd be getting him out for someone that can score big and um, aim for that weekly, Timmy, so that's about it from us, Harry. Thank you for joining me this week. Alright, mate, it was my pleasure. And I'll probably get you in again before the season ends, but until then, I hope you uh, go uninjured in your team for the uh, last few rounds. General, and, general um, soreness. Yeah, no general more general soreness. soreness. No general soreness, unless you got... Um, Corey Enright because I'm really telling people not to get on him and it's for that reason and if he goes bananas and doesn't get rested then I might have some people show up at my doorstep with uh, not too happy looks on their faces Um, 
And yes, that'll do us. So thank you everyone for listening. Make sure you hit us up on Facebook, post on our wall, and we'll get back to you answer all the questions. So um, we're also on SoundCloud. So post a little message there um, telling Harry how bad he was on the podcast. That'll be good. And um, I still think we're, we're trying to get onto iTunes, but oh, it's just been a nightmare this season. We'll fix that up for next season. Um, thank you, Harry, and have a good week, everyone. Bye.